The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired, to create a deeper life, to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I'm your host, Cheryl Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. Please go to the Good Grief host page to connect with me. You can suggest guests, comment on the shows, and visit my website to sign up for my newsletter and notices about upcoming shows. Today I'm here with Anne Kabitsky. Anne is a biologist turned artist and community leader of the Look for the Good Project, a worldwide gratitude initiative. She is author and illustrator of a number of books, a popular speaker, and has been featured on MSNBC and WNPR, as well as in the Huffington Post, Good Housekeeping, and the Reader's Digest. You can find her at www.ankabitsky.com or at lookforthegoodproject.org. Welcome, Anne. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, I'm very excited about it. What literally caught my eye about your project were the ways that people around the world illustrated their gratitude. They're, they're just, I hope the listeners will, will go look because they're just such beautiful um, outpourings of gratitude. Can you tell people a little more about the project? Yeah, sure. Um, so basically it started in October of 2011 on um, pretty much a whim where I made 500 blank invitation postcards inviting people to share a glimmer of gladness in a public art project. And I left these invitation postcards in bicycle baskets, in um, public parks, the supermarket, uh, wherever I went, I sort of felt a little like the Easter Bunny minus the hopping, (laughs) (laughs) leaving these little invitations around. Um, This was pretty much all in Connecticut except for one small pocket in Massachusetts where I had gone to school. And I did this on a weekend, on a whim. And within the first week of leaving these invitations around, I was getting um, handmade postcards not only from Connecticut and Massachusetts, but also Texas, Alaska, um, Washington State, Oregon, And then within five weeks, I had hundreds of cards coming in from all over the country. They started to come in from other countries. And now it's definitely a worldwide project. Um, Last year, I stopped counting at about 6,000 messages. Mm. And these are, you know, at this point, it's it's not only postcards and artwork um, on all sorts of materials, but it's also uh, text messages and phone calls and emails and letters, um, even videos, music, uh, everything has come in. 
Um, I found out that coconuts and flip-flops go through the mail (laughs) without (laughs) any box or anything. And um, people write about uh, not only uh, cheerful things, like we have little kids participating and writing about their dog or cat, uh, but we also have adults that have weathered a lot of grief um, and have uh, fortunately come out the other end with a little glimmer of gladness or a big one. Mm-hmm. And so people are writing about addiction. They're, they're writing about um, divorce, um, any sort of loss, uh, very, very difficult things, health problems, and somehow finding gratitude in a very difficult situation. So it's been a very inspiring project for me just reading these messages and responding. That must be amazing to kind of um, throw something out in the world and have it come back so big. Yeah. Uh, it sounds as if you weren't, you weren't at all expecting that, huh? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> um, I thought this was a little local project that would be done by the end of the year, uh, in 2011, and so I had um, a an exhibition that I was planning just locally to showcase some of the postcards, but it ended up turning into a whole series of exhibits in um, the tri-state area where I am, so New York, Massachusetts, and Connecticut. I think we've had like 12 exhibits um, complete with music and dance and food and this big celebration of gratitude and then it's turned into interactive installations in public parks and hospitals, school programming, hospital programming. Um, we're working with colleges um, uh, on suicide prevention because gratitude is a very important component in um, uh, decreasing suicide, the, the rate of suicide on college campuses. Mm-hmm. So a lot has happened that I really wasn't expecting at all. I know you, you've done some work around um, bullying prevention, too. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So For the, in the same kind of way that, that if people share gratitude, they're less likely to bully? Or <laughs> how, did you, how did you decide to focus in that, in that direction? Well, this project has sort of evolved organically. I, I wasn't planning to do any of this, but what I noticed is that Schools, uh, children and also teachers and administrators um, at schools, they would take the idea and they'd run with it in the entire school system, um, whether mm. it be a whole series of schools or uh, in a district or just one particular school. And this was all over the world. We had, um, you know, college, we had a college in um, Australia, we had, um, and then we had a um, we have a lot of elementary schools and middle schools participating, high schools participating. There was a high school student who heard of the project uh, last summer, and she brought it to her high school of 4,000 students um, in the Chicago area and uh, decided to build a gratitude door, which is one of the things that we started to do last year, and the idea being gratitude opens doors, and um, so she built this physical door and installed it in the school, and she invited her entire community to write on the door what they were grateful for. So it was grateful mm. graffiti on the door. 
And that's a fantastic uh, twist to to do with graffiti too, huh? Yeah, to make yeah. it to make it such a beautiful uh, outpouring of community connectedness like that. I yeah. love that. <laughs> What's wonderful is that you can actually walk through the door, so it's uh-huh. sort of like a symbol of of letting go of maybe um, one perspective and opening up to a more grateful perspective. So it becomes a threshold to a whole other life. And um, she only had it up for about a week, but it was very popular. And her um, some of the administrators there loved it so much that they are now making it an annual thing where um, this particular student will teach the next student how to do it, and it will be passed on from generation to generation um, within the school, which I think is it was such a cool thing, and, you know, um, I really had nothing to do with it other than to tell her about the project and to advise her on how to build the door. Huh. Um, so things like that are happening, and um, in order to support the students and the teachers and administrators who are sort of doing this on their own, um, I started to learn a little bit more about, you know, what kind of impact this has on schools. And what I'm learning is that uh, from a research standpoint, gratitude decreases violence, um, particularly bullying. And bullying at the lower levels, so uh, elementary school level and uh, middle school level, if you are bullied, you're two to nine times more likely to consider suicide an option as you get older. Mm. So... Um, this is actually a very early, uh, early onset um, suicide prevention campaign within the, the younger kids um, to meet them where they're at. And what's wonderful it all, is it also decreases bullying because what happens is, um, especially when um, you're still doing like a gratitude campaign with postcards. So like if um, if a teacher gets their entire student body to write on postcards what they're grateful for and then they put up a display uh, and then they announce maybe every day one of these postcards on the morning announcements or something. Mm -hmm. It gives that student a voice and a grateful voice and it celebrates that moment that that student was grateful. And if that student is normally identified as a bully for example, um, the whole student body is now looking at that student with a new light. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that bully starts to identify with that gratitude, that grateful moment that they had, and the people around them start to identify the bully in a new way, which changes the expectation of negative behavior on that bully to a positive behavior. And um, just by watching what this has been doing in schools and hearing the feedback with the, um, the parents and the teachers, it's working. So um, I'd love to have a little more research on it, but so far they're, they're finding that it's, it's really uh, helping with um, the issue of bullying in schools. That's amazing. And I, it, it fits with... Um an idea that I have is that, that it's, le- it's uh, less comfortable to be cruel to somebody you know. 
Yep. <laughs> you yep. know, so, uh, <laughs> and it's and it's really hard to get kids to say their most vulnerable, uh, this hard thing happened to me or, you know, that thing's difficult. But gratitude is a vulnerable feeling that doesn't carry that same difficulty. So I can imagine that people get to know each other differently just by sharing gratitude. Yeah, everybody has a story, and I think that's a wonderful point that you made. Um, Some of the the research also shows that gratitude has a way of bringing communities together, and I think that's exactly why, as you start to realize that everybody has a battle that they're fighting, and, and you start to empathize with that person, and so to add one more criticism to the load that this person is already carrying, you're much less likely to do that. Yeah. So people become much kinder. Yeah, and, and also sort of um, creates another way to be a crowd, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, which, which I think kids do need to be connected somehow with, with a larger body. This seems like a wonderful way to be connected to me. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I um, to support the uh, schools, I put together a little kit that you can get on lookforthegoodproject.org, and it's basically a book that the teachers can um, or the students can actually cut up. So, uh, because there are eight and a half by eleven um, pieces of paper inside that uh, have uh, grateful messages from the community. So it's mm-hmm. like a starter kit of an exhibit that the students themselves then add to. Oh, um, fantastic. It's really a wonderful way to start because in the beginning, it's kind of like, well, what do I do? How do I, how uh-huh. do I get this started in my, my own community? So, and, and I know from looking at your website that, you know, you keep it pretty simple, which I'm sure helps too. Uh, once people actually see what you're proposing, it's not complicated. No, it's very easy. And <laughs> a lot of work, I'm sure, but not, not complex. No, yeah, it's really about just reaching out to your community. It's, it's not really about the artwork that's created. Um, so sometimes people get intimidated because they see some of the work. Like I have a lot of the postcards and artwork featured in uh, the latest book, uh, What Makes You Grateful, Voices from Around the World. Mm-hmm. And in that book, there are a lot of professional artists uh, have participated. And so when you look at these incredible paintings and um, even sculptures and carvings, it's, it's quite intimidating if, you're, if, you're not, if you don't consider yourself an artist. Um, but that's not really what this is about. It's about the quality of your presence every time you just take a moment to choose gratitude and reach out to someone you don't know and engage in a grateful way. Um, so that's really the purpose of the uh, Look for the Good Project is, is basically giving uh, people a way to engage their communities in um, gratitude using public art, whatever that might be, even if it's a stick figure or a sentence on a piece of paper. If it's a grateful sentence, then it belongs in your exhibit. And I noticed when I looked through the book, it wasn't all, you know, uh, professional art looking. (laughs) There was a real variety, I felt, 
And, uh, you know, some of it was really about the words and others was about the shape. And, you know, there, there seemed to be a lot of diversity in the kinds of things that people were sending. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying not to put any rules on the creative expression because um, that's another wonderful part of this project is that it's giving people an outlet to be creative in whatever way they're comfortable without mm-hmm. any limitations on that. As long as they're um, expressing gratitude of some, of some kind, kind, huh? Yeah, or even searching for it. They don't even have to be grateful. They just have to be open to finding it. Hmm. Can you think of, we just have a couple more minutes till our break, and I was wondering if you could think of one gratitude that especially touched you to take us out to our break. Well, I keep going back to the very first postcard, one of the very first postcards that I received um, by Wendy Natter, and she said, I'm grateful that the universe sometimes forces us to do things that we are too afraid to try ourselves. And I think mm. that basically sums up the project for me as I never expected myself to be running this project in the first place. So. <laughs> That's a, I, I love the way she said it, too. Kind of, um, we don't always make some, I'm sure you didn't have a, a well-defined plan for all, all of this. You just followed your way and had the courage to keep going, huh? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's how beautiful, creative, um, collaborative efforts are done. So I'm, I'm grateful to be part of it. Uh-huh. Do, do people generally, do you think, let you know when they're doing projects based, based on this? Or do you have the fantasy that maybe there are projects you've never heard of happening in uh, various locations in the, in the world? Well, people do try to let me know, but sometimes uh, I find out way after they've they've been engaging in it. Uh, an example is actually um, a school in Connecticut, this wonderful elementary school. Uh, they decided to have to make a video about the project to engage their entire community, and it's narrated entirely by elementary school students. So these. Uh. That's wonderful. wonderful. Children are talking about <laughs> gratitude and the importance of it, and and it it got me teary because I really you know I wasn't expecting it and uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. didn't didn't think that I didn't realize that the project had such an impact. Yeah. Um, so it's time for our first break. Um, listeners, you can go to Good Grief at VoiceAmerica.com to find links to my work and all the previous Good Grief shows. And you can write me to let me know which shows you've especially enjoyed, what you'd like me to talk about in the future. To find Anne's work, go to annkubitsky.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. If you think you've seen online TV before, 
Let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. This is Cheryl Jones, the host of Good Grief. I hope you'll take advantage of all the amazing guests I've had on the show. It's been almost six months now. And listen to them on my host page. You can also go to my website, www.weatheringgrief.com. I have a newsletter you can subscribe to, and you can get notices to upcoming shows and learn more about my work. Today, I'm, I'm speaking with Ann Kabitsky, the founder of the Look for the Good Project, an artistic initiative to cultivate gratitude. You know, and I was drawn to your work, not really knowing how you'd come to do it. And then, um, and this does happen to me often. I just, I, I run across someone's work and I'm just magnetized. And then I find out by exploring a little bit that there's, something that really fits with the show uh, that I'm doing. Uh, And that happened with you, too. When I read your statement, it seems as if this project for you came out of some difficult times. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, Would you like to hear, since you're in the um, San Francisco area, did you want to hear about the whale part that connects it all? Absolutely. Okay, so um, I was really excited to talk to you about this because of where you're located. Um, And um, this did come out of loss for me, but I didn't realize it at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I started the project, it was really just a fun little thing to do on a whim. It was in response uh, to an inspiring story that I heard about, uh, which happened off the coast of California. And so what happened was in 2005, there was a 50-foot, 50-ton female humpback whale that was trapped and drowning in about 1,200 pounds of crab trap lines uh, near San Francisco. And uh, four guys got in the water, uh, trained rescue divers, they got in the water to rescue this whale. And as they did, she started to cooperate. Mm -hmm. And once she was free... Uh, they all surfaced and they started to talk to some scientists nearby who were on a support boat 
they're still in the water, and as they're looking around, they suddenly don't know where the whale is, so they're now looking for the whale, and the head diver, from the corner of his eye, he sees this, this Mack truck of a whale rushing at him, and so he's thinking, oh my God, this is it. Because uh-huh. <laughs> <So>, um, <laughs> one slap from a whale that size will kill a grown man, so... Um, there was really nothing he could do to get out of the way, but just wait for impact. And about 15 feet away, she stopped and then very slowly came a little further forward and gently nuzzled him in the chest, mm. at, you know, which is kind of an expression of gratitude. Mm-hmm. And then she went to the next guy and did the same thing and the next guy and the next guy until she had greeted each guy twice with this affectionate nuzzle. And then she started breaching, which is jumping out of the water, doing figure eights, circling them, just obviously grateful to be free of the ropes and alive. And so when I heard of that, um, my training was in marine biology. I, I found it so inspiring that I felt like, you know, I've got to stop what I'm doing and learn how to paint so I can retell this story in a picture book. And I put this picture book together. I was really excited about it. Got some... Um, wonderful feedback on the illustrations, got some awards on it. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to publish this book and be an author and an illustrator. Um, a big shift. <laughs> yes. Huge, yeah, huge <laughs> shift. And, um, and so, but then as I, you know, started to try to get my foot in the door of the publishing industry, it was very difficult and disheartening. And I soon forgot the point of my story, which was gratitude. You know, I, I actually got so grumpy about it that I completely lost any gratitude. Mm. And then it occurred to me that, you know, hey, this isn't, this isn't about switching careers and publishing this book. This is about this amazing thing that brought these two species together. So what is gratitude? And even though I have studied it pretty intensely, when it came down to practicing gratitude, I really had no idea where to start. And so on a whim, I put together these invitation postcards asking other people to share what they were grateful for. And that's how this whole project kind of snowballed uh, and turned into something. So you thought that might kind of jumpstart you in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it made me feel grateful to just leave these invitations around. I really didn't expect people to write back to me. I just thought, you know, this is helping me focus on gratitude just by focusing on this question. Um, And then to get this flood of letters and emails and phone calls. I mean, I have people stopping me on the street telling me what they're grateful for, and I didn't even ask them (laughs) because they know who I am. And and so if you were magnetizing gratitude then, huh? (laughs) Yeah, and if, if you had this happening to you every day for two and a half years, you know, it makes you more grateful. <laughs> um, but in the beginning, I had a huge resistance to gratitude. And, and so about four months into it, it occurred to me that this whale story was actually an allegory for my life in that I was like this whale trapped and drowning in my baggage from the past. I, it brought up a lot of memories um, just having to read about other people's stories, I started to remember things that were difficult in my life that I hadn't processed. And 
one of one of these things was a um, traumatic sexual assault that happened to me as a teenager. I'm, I'm now 31, and I hadn't really told anybody about it. I hadn't, I really hadn't talked about it, and so I had you to just kind of public- put it in a box, huh? Yeah, and I had to very publicly, and you know, 15 years later. Um, admit that that happened because that happened from a number of strangers uh, all at once. And so to get all this love suddenly 15 years later from a number of strangers, it was just, it put my whole perspective, it shifted my entire perspective. Uh. And so in a lot of ways, I was like this whale trapped and drowning in my baggage from the past, caught up in being a victim and feeling sorry for myself and all these people sending me these postcards about what they were grateful for, they were like my rescuers, releasing mm. me and helping me let go. Because with gratitude, the ropes, they do, I mean, they finally release. And we begin to uncover this underlying good that we couldn't possibly see if we were still caught up in being broken or lacking or flawed, which is what I got caught up in for, you know, 15 years. Mm-hmm. So, I'm very grateful to see that no matter how difficult things get, eventually it all leads to love. It's just been this incredible journey of, of finding that every difficult experience in my life has helped me appreciate the good times and to really open up to the vulnerability and grace that comes from gratitude. The other thing I hear in that too is that you you can't get around it. You have to go through it. Oh, definitely. You know, you, you tried <laughs> you tried to box it up, and yeah. you tried to switch gears to gratitude, and gratitude itself led you to really really face it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the year after that assault, that was when I was fifteen. When I was sixteen, I took a plane to from Connecticut to Seattle, Washington, and biked across the country. So I literally was trying to prove to myself, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was trying to prove to myself that I could handle anything. Uh-huh. And, and once I got 3,600 miles across the country, I still wasn't feeling better. So that led to a whole inquiry into philosophy and spirituality and going off to India and... Um, studying at the Central Institute for Higher Tibetan Studies and all sorts of things that really kept pointing to gratitude. You know, gratitude being one of these central tenets to a happy, healthy life. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, it all seemed to boil down to that one quality and it occurred to me 15 years later, like, okay, I keep talking about this, but what is it? <laughs> and and I don't think I really started to actualize that this quality in my life until I was humble enough to admit I didn't know what it it was. And to and to kind of walk into the unknown in a lot of ways. It sounds like. Yeah. Um, let a question lead. Let a let a question lead. What a good statement. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, I've noticed that with more than just you, that there's there's a sense that uh, many of my guests have talked about of 
of having a kind of brainstorm where where something almost tells you to try it. And if you get out of the way and actually try it, it leads to more than the thing itself. You know, your your brainstorm didn't just lead to gratitude, it it led to healing. Yeah. And the two are are kind of inextricable it sounds like. Yeah, you- I think I think healing doesn't really occur until we're grateful. And gratitude it takes courage, it takes humility, and it takes vulnerability. And it's mm. it's really scary if you if you really allow yourself to go there because it's it's really not part of our culture to be grateful. And it's also not armored. No. There, there's a kind of openness to gratitude, I think, that um, makes it feel a little scary, uh, especially if you're sharing it with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Do, do, other, do others give you that feedback, too, that in engaging with gratitude through your project, they kind of get a taste of that feeling as well? Yes, most definitely. I get emails on a daily basis saying things like that, um, how people are uh, really appreciative of the project and of gratitude and how it's changed their life. Um, what seems to be very interesting about this project, though, is it's a, it's a very public way of embracing gratitude. And so um, people who have maybe had a tough time and are used to sort of identifying as a victim or as an addict or whatever it is that they're struggling with, when they publicly announce their gratitude, so it's like a new twist on the the same story that they've been telling themselves about themselves Mm -hmm. over and over again, um, it helps them move from um, recovery to wellness. And uh, there was a woman, a young woman, who uh, she had an eating disorder, and she, uh, with my project, for the very first time, she was admitting that she had a relapse. She had been going through recovery from this eating disorder, and then she had a relapse, and she's now getting better. But she, there was a lot of shame and blame associated with this relapse, and she hadn't been um, public with her friends or family about the relapse. And so for her to admit to that and then to find the good in that and to acknowledge it publicly and have her friends and family see it, it really created the support system around her that she wasn't expecting uh, that I think has launched her into um, a better place. And that seems to be happening with a lot of people. Huh. Because people respond to the person in an uncharacteristic way because they're acting in an uncharacteristic way, yes? Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> what we started to do in April is not only are we doing postcards, but I have some volunteer photographers that are um, interviewing people on the street, and they're asking them what they're grateful for, and they're taking their portrait. So we're now putting a face to these grateful messages. And um, through Facebook, we're able to tag people, and so all of their friends then become aware of, their, you know, this person's grateful message. 
Uh, and so this support system, you know, starts to um, to come together around each individual statement from each individual person that joins our community. And I think um, it's really launching the project into like a whole new stratosphere in terms of how how much um, feedback the person who shares gets in response to their gratitude. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that would happen even whether the whether the gratitude is a, a small one like. Um, I'm glad I had ice cream last night, or a large one. I'm glad I have my life. You know that yeah. that um, when you express gratitude, it does call that out in other people to a certain extent if they're if they're willing. Yeah, yeah. So, um, would you like me to read an example to you? Absolutely. Uh, so, um, this guy is from the Connecticut area. And he writes, um, well, he actually spoke to the photographer. I had a pretty good childhood growing up, suburban household, good family, but I was just one of those kids. When I got to high school and college, I just couldn't let the partying go. The rest of my friends moved on, got their jobs, but I just couldn't let it go. I figured out I was an alcoholic around the age of 23. I'm 30 now. I've been fighting for sobriety for the last seven years. Unfortunately, I was introduced to heroin and became a heroin addict, too. Since I've turned 30, one of my best friends has died from an overdose, and just about a month ago, I got jumped in Hartford, broken arm, concussion, left for dead on the street. A friend of mine found me and saved my life. This project is just what I needed today. I was, it was a shot at hope and positivity. So um, he's responding to a talk that I had given. He got interviewed right after the talk mm-hmm. because it's been a pretty terrible few months, and Anne's story has made me look at things in a whole different way. There are a lot of things that I'm grateful for. I'm grateful I'm still standing. I'm grateful I'm still alive. I'm grateful that my friend's in heaven and she's not going to have to go through any more pain I'm grateful that there are people out there like my counselor, Ray, who keep me on the straight and narrow. And I'm grateful that there are people like you, he's talking to the photographer now, mm-hmm. that spread hope. There's not enough hope in today's society. We need more of it. So I just want to thank you guys for the presentation tonight. It was really great. Keep doing the good work. Keep fighting the good fight. Thank you. Oh, that's beautiful. That's yeah. that's really that must be so so moving to receive. It is. It is. It's um and you just it's it's like planting seeds. Sometimes I'll ask someone what they're grateful for. They don't want to respond, but then they'll come back like a year later and they'll say, "You know, I've been thinking about this question and I think I'm ready to say something." <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's interesting. There was uh, another one. I'm just looking on the Facebook page right now. And can, can you save it for after the break? Oh, sure. Because sure. it's just about time for our second break. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll hear that one after we come back. Um, in these few minutes, you can go to my host page, goodgrief at voiceamerica.com or my website. I am a therapist, aside from being a radio um, host, a consultant, and a speaker. And to reach Ann Kabitsky, you can go to annkabitsky.com. See you after the break. 
Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back to Good Grief. I'm, I've been talking with Ann Kubitsky, who founded a gratitude art initiative called Look for the Good. And before the break, you were about to read us another gratitude. Yeah, so uh, this is from a young guy whose mother was right there when he was interviewed. So she was listening to his gratitude very eagerly because normally, you know, teenagers and young adults normally don't communicate that well with their parents because they're individuating. And um, so it was was fun to watch the two of them. Uh, He says, I had a couple of injuries in high school, which took me out of sports. It made me focus more on academics, which I guess is more important But it was tough because I was an athlete up until high school, and it's what I love. The injuries made me realize how delicate life is and reminded me not to take anything for granted. It helped me wake up with a smile on my face, even though it's tough for a teenager to focus on the good sometimes. And his mom said, that was beautiful. You're so articulate. And then his reply was, I don't even know where that came from. I didn't know I had that in me. (laughs) <laughs> and, and it's, it's, this is what seems to happen is that just by giving someone that question and then giving them the space to respond and being present and listening, it has this wonderful way of pulling something beautiful out of them that they, they might not otherwise have even been aware of. Um, and I think that's, that's how this is really reducing bullying and uh, suicide because Every time you're able to kind of articulate something beautiful, whether it be on a canvas or just speaking, it gives you hope, you know, for yourself Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. your future. It seems to have that kind of effect on people. I I also think a lot of people were were waiting for someone to ask us, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what matters to us. And so I'm imagining that just, um, 
you know, finding a card that asks you what you're grateful for or being asked by a photographer, that there's some part of gratitude just in that, being grateful for being asked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, people seem to really enjoy it. Um, and really, like, people have very funny things to say sometimes. Like, there was a group of women, and um, the two of, two of them were talking after the interview, and we included this part in the interview because it was just so cute. And one lady said to the other, aren't you glad you did your hair today? Because <laughs> they got their, <laughs> their picture done, done. And, you know, they weren't expecting to get their picture taken on the street, so... I don't think we should leave without talking about whether you encounter any resistance to your projects. Um, I know you've had a little difficulty lately with one of the projects, and uh, I, I'm glad to hear it's had a successful conclusion, but it, it really made me think about how sometimes there is actual resistance to uh, the good. Yes. Um, sometimes people are... Uh, it's a natural thing sometimes to have a lot of resistance to gratitude, and I'm aware of that. But when we showcase gratitude in a public space, I have to be very thoughtful about what I'm showcasing so that I'm not pushing too many buttons. Uh-huh. Uh, and so uh, recently, um, I put up a gratitude trail of 130 grateful messages from the community on weatherproof signage along the largest beach in Connecticut, which was a wonderful opportunity. This is the second year in a row that we were able to do this. And um, because of 15 complaints from the public, it was taken down without any recourse um, or really discussion with me uh, by the state. And so uh, since the explanation was, well, there were 15 complaints and we were worried that there may be more, um, uh, this is what we had to do. I thought, well, if we have 16 positive responses, maybe we can get it back up. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I started a petition and over the weekend uh, gathered uh, probably almost 800 signatures on it, and people, like, outraged that the gratitude trail was taken down. They were so upset. I had um, a uh, Jacques Pepin, uh, who is the co-host with Julia Child, he happens to live in the area, and he came out and spoke on our behalf, asking for the gratitude trail to be brought back, and I actually had to go drive up to the state capitol and meet with uh, a senator and the decision makers at the state level, and we were able to come to a resolution, um, although the trail will be smaller and um, more condensed in a different area of the park. It's going back up, uh, which is a big win, Um, Mm -hmm. and I just found out today, so I'm really excited about it. Uh, And um, But it's amazing how just a small... Uh, a small group of people had the ability to take it down um, and how beautiful it is that a whole group of people, this, this huge influx of, um, of people not only from Connecticut but actually from all over the world, they petitioned to get it back up and put pressure on the uh, DEP. So it was really good. 
Did they give you any indication what was being objected to? Uh, they had a few uh, signs that they objected to, but I think the bigger issue, which I found out later, was that um, there was a public park really doesn't do installations like this, so the way that the installation was um, displayed last year was sort of under the radar with the state of Connecticut. Uh And so this year, um, the Gratitude Trail had expanded uh, because I had more funding for it, and um, it was in a really prominent part of the park. And so you couldn't really ignore it. Uh There were um, issues with, uh, you know, cluttering up the uh, pristine nature of the natural environment on the boardwalk. So we've taken care of that by moving the Gratitude Trail to a beach pavilion nearby. So people are kind of expecting signage there. Uh Um, And uh, then there was uh, a, a few individual complaints about individual cards where uh, there were, I think there was someone who had cancer and didn't want to be reminded of it, um, that someone else was healing from cancer. Um, so it was, uh, it was met with some negative feedback, but the, the response when it was taken down from the community, the letters that came in, we had about uh, maybe 60 to 100 letters that came in, beautiful letters about how this, this whole project has changed people's lives, how they appreciate the gratitude trail uh, from last year. Um, So it was really nice to see that it had such a good impact. Well, that's part of why I thought it was an important story to talk about because um, if if you had just kind of quit when that happened, a lot of beautiful things wouldn't have happened. (laughs) It just, you know... Jacques Pepin wouldn't have come support you. People wouldn't have signed petitions. And in a sense, that grows the project, doesn't it? When it does. Even, yeah. even when you're trying to deal with a struggle, uh, it, it gets you out there talking about it even more. It does. It was, very, it was the first time where I really had to fight back. Uh, and I'm not... I'm normally sort of a, if I have the, ch- the choice to, to fight or run, I run. <laughs> not really my strong suit, but I felt kind of like a mama bear because this wasn't my artwork. This was, this was everybody else's artwork, everybody else's expression of gratitude, everybody else being willing to be vulnerable with me. And so uh, the people who knew that they were on the trail uh, it was like um, it was like a heartbreaking moment for them, and so I had to fight to give them a space to be heard again. Uh, as it, the way that it was handled wasn't really um, uh, it. It could have been handled better. So I thought I had a um, a case to bring it back um, at least for the rest of the summer. And to, um, of course, go with whatever the state wanted that I didn't realize I needed. So I now, um, I applied for a license to get everything up on the trail. I actually didn't have one for last year. I didn't even know I needed one. 
Um, but people had been so enthusiastic about the trail last year that uh, some of those details had been lost. Uh-huh. So it was really, it makes sense that the state had to take it down because they needed to follow protocol. Uh-huh. Um, and so we just backtracked and we're now following protocol. And because of all of um, the outcry from the public, uh, the senator put pressure on, um, you know, getting the application expedited and getting the license so that I could get everything up by the end of the month. So I'm very, very grateful. And by the way, we had the senator, um, his opponent in the last election, uh, she's, she's a Republican, he's a Democrat. They both came together for this one cause, which I thought was really beautiful. That is very beautiful. Yeah. We can agree about something. <laughs> right. <laughs> do you, so, what do you foresee? Are you going to be, um, you know, do you have some things in the works for, I, obviously you're a person who just kind of follows what happens, but um, what are your dreams here? Well, um, I'm definitely working with schools. To, I'm developing some more programming for elementary and middle schools. Uh, so that I can come in and, and do workshops and really help get kids started in um, taking leadership in making their space, um, their community more grateful. Mm. Uh, then I'm also working with uh, the Jordan, um, the Jordan Matthew Porco Memorial Foundation, uh, which is here in Connecticut, and they have this. A wonderful suicide prevention uh, campaign that they bring to uh, the colleges. And so I'll be working with them on the college level um, as a speaker uh, for the students and sort of setting the tone for uh, a health expo that they have where they're, they're basically giving students coping strategies for stress so that suicide is kind of way down on the list and mm. hopefully not even on the list yeah. when they get stressed out. So um, so that's where we're going um, for now, but I have a, a few books in the works and online courses and things, so I'm really excited to see where this goes, and I'm very grateful to be part of it. I somehow have my own personal fantasy of, of a, um, a similar walk in the Marin Headlands out here. That would be awesome. Because it's so, uh, it's such a gratitude-inducing place. So beautiful. The coastline here is so beautiful. Um, maybe there are some listeners out there that could uh, could work on that with me. Because <laughs> it it's, it's such a, I think there's something about engaging more senses. Uh, you know, the listening and the visual and... Um, and, you know, kinesthetic being outside that, that really does help open something up. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, I noticed, I actually picked, uh, some postcards and messages where it's, it's talking about breathing or, uh, different senses so that people would become more aware of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, I forgot to tell you this morning I just filed for a nonprofit so that we can accept donations to help pay for public projects like that so that if you wanted to have a gratitude trail in your area um you could you could let me know and I could send you a whole bunch of um weatherproof signage 
that you could install, and um, this would be paid for by the nonprofit. Uh, That's fantastic. Guess what? We've run out of time. (laughs) And it's been really wonderful having you here today and spending an hour with gratitude. Um, Listeners, please go to to look at Anne's work at her websites, annkubitsky.com, and look for thegoodproject.org. Next week, join me when I welcome Dr. Clifton Hicks, a social worker whose program, Urban-Based Adventures, uses rock climbing as a therapeutic tool for traumatized kids. Thanks so much for listening to today. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Abre mi corazón.